The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pot of thunder and rock and roll. And here we go with the Duff McKagan joke of the week. Chris Jericho, Duff McKagan calling you. I'm uh, actually in Los Angeles now. Uh, you know, I just heard, you know why Sicilians don't like uh, Jehovah's Witnesses? Sicilians don't like any witnesses. You know what I'm saying? Forget about it. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, Duff's, uh, uh, forget about it. Italian invitation was amazing. Uh, bringing the laughs every Friday though he is, and sometimes bigger than others. I like today's joke though. And thanks to Duff for never letting us down, keeping us entertained for years now, three years actually. And not even the coronavirus can stop the Duff McKagan joke of the week. And thanks to the coronavirus, we have the Winnipeggers every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern on my YouTube channel and Facebook page. And this week, it's all about heroic moments. You've got uh, two crazy Spivaks chasing after a stolen trike, a Canadian uh, run-in with Duff McKagan, and a story about one-hour cheap-ass drinking at the Red Cactus that ended with a heroic wingman save from Dave. You can see it now on my YouTube channel or on Facebook. Come laugh with the Winnipeggers. And don't forget the Saturday night special tomorrow night at our regularly scheduled time, 9 p.m. Eastern on Facebook Live and YouTube. Come have a drink with me. Bring your suggestions uh, for the song, sing along, the questions, answer whatever you want me to answer to. Have a great time social distancing together. Saturday night special tomorrow, 9 p.m. Eastern uh, on YouTube and Facebook Live. Right now. I got NWA Women's Champion Thunder Rosa. She had a hell of a debut in Dynamite last week and a great match against Serena Deeb. Uh, got Serena signed, actually, I believe. Uh, and then had another great match challenging AEW Women's Champion Sheeta uh, for the title at All Out on Saturday. And she's back on, on, on Dynamite as well, uh, coming up very quickly. So very interesting story for her. She was just a wrestling fan who had a full-time job as a social worker, worked with a lot of troubled kids and foster kids, gave it up to pursue wrestling. Uh, she's been to Mexico, WWE, Japan, all around the world, let's get started with Thunder Rosa right now on Talk is Jericho. All right, so um, in a few hours, it's going to be all out here at AW, and one of the big matches is uh, Thunder Rosa versus Sheeta, which is really cool to have here because it's like something that I find that we've done a few times, but kind of we have we have a lot of. Um, 
Let me rephrase that. We have no problem working with other companies, which is something that doesn't really exist a lot in wrestling now. Yeah. So it's great to have you here because you are working with NWA or that sort of a thing. So yeah. um, a CD walks in. <laughs> uh, so tell us about how, how this happened. Um, well, I was contacted by AEW first, and mm-hmm. then they asked me about my dates. And I was, you know, I can't work any other place because I'm signed with NWA. So I went to the chain of command. They... Worked it out. and Billy then Corrigan? Yes. Yeah. And I mean, I honestly wasn't expecting it until I got the phone. I got a text message and then I kind of figured it out. And then I got the phone call. And then they're like, oh, you're going to be an all out. And I'm like, okay. Did anybody ask me if I wanted to be an all out? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll do it. I don't care. So it was just like that. Um, but it feels it feels really good that um, like in my personal career, like I always waited for people to like see my talent and see what I'm all about. Before I start sending emails and asking and asking and asking, I want people to see my hard work. And then they're like, I think she's going to be great for our company mm-hmm. or great for, for us to work with her. So that's what happened. And I was really happy about it. So was was how long have you been working for NWA for? Uh, it's going to be a year, September. Gotcha. A year. So when you said you, you'll do it, were, were you like, like, obviously you're excited, but were you thinking like, it's a pretty special deal to be, you know, champion versus champion in, in yeah. this day and age, right? Yeah, and especially for uh, women's wrestling, I don't think in the history of the NWA, another woman has gone to another company to the, uh, to like fight another champion. So it's uh, it's a precedent, you know. And um and I'm all about that. I'm all about making history, making a difference in in the business. And I, I continue to do it either by luck or just by you know I don't know, just see it happens. But that's how that's how wrestling is. There's a lot of luck involved, but you yes. also have to be ready to do it. Yes, you know? and I've been. I think I've been ready for a long time, but I i mean, I met you like, what, four or five Gosh, years yeah, ago? Gosh, yeah, probably four years ago. Yeah, in Japan. In Japan yeah. And I was brand spanking you. And uh, just like, and now the difference, I see it and it's just like, wow, and I get to work with you again. And I get to work with a bunch of people that I work before in different mm-hmm. companies. So it's it's like, it's it's about time. What's your uh, if, thoughts on, on backstage and the whole atmosphere here in AEW? It's very chill. Very, mm. very chill. Um, it's very different from all the companies that I worked uh, before so um in what in what way i don't know because it's like um i don't i didn't see you know in lucha underground we have like five different writers mm-hmm. and here like everybody's kind of like doing their own like story it's not like there's a writer here's the story yeah this is what you need to do this is what you need to convey and that's it here is completely different mm-hmm. so i think um here people are encouraged to use their creativity and and pitch it in and see what what you can do and i think that's a great skill for anybody to have because if you want to do something different or you're going to create your own company you know how to book stuff you know how to write the stories and uh, things that will make sense for you or for the fans so i think that's pretty cool and it was cool too to see actually see you work last week with uh, with serena uh and you guys had like a real critically acclaimed match <laughs> yes. smiling about it. yeah because you know what <laughs> this morning somebody tagged me about jim Cornette, and you know jim Cornette doesn't like women's wrestling H- hates everything <laughs> angry he, jim he didn't have nothing to say Oh wow! <laughs> yes, I listened. I was like, "Whoa, okay." Uh, but uh, I really, thoroughly enjoy putting that match together. Serena has such a wonderful energy. Like she's, uh, she's the very one of the very few people that I I connected right away. I never met her before. I've oh. seen her work. I actually told her when I met her. The first thing that I said was, "I drove seven hours, seven and a half hours from Oakland to Los Angeles to see you wrestle with Cheerleader Melissa because I knew you guys are going to have a technical match." And they had a twenty-five minute match, and the whole entire time I was like, "This is how I want to look like when I start wrestling." Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I've been striving for. So um, I saw her. I said that, and then we just kick it off. And it was like when we were talking about it, we were just flowing. It was it was natural. It wasn't like 
you know sometimes you like i with some people and you're like oh my mm -hmm. god can this be over like now and mm -hmm. with her it was just like fluid it wasn't like well i want to do this no but i want to do this it was like just let's have fun let's put a kick-ass match and uh that's what we did it was a big match for her too because we haven't seen her on the national stage for years as well and I'm sure a lot of people have never seen you on the, on the national stage. No. So it was big for both of you guys. Yes. And um, I mean, I'm still getting tagged on Instagram, Twitter, all the stuff. Uh, I mean, it's been it's been big. And uh, this is what I've been wanted to do for a long time for people to see the talent that I have and the things that I can bring to any company. Because mm. I work with four, this one would be fifth company. And pretty much I work everywhere except WWE. Mm. So uh, it feels really great. And it's only been four years that you've been working? No, six. Six years? Yes. But you said you were brand spanking new when we met up in Japan. <laughs> yeah. so that's that's a lot of places you've worked in such a fairly short time. Yes, yes. But it's like, again, it's, it's, a, it's luck and, and people see things, people talk about it and they're like, hey, Thunder is, she's a good worker. You know, she has no ego. She'll, she'll come mm. and do the work, the job and that's what I go and do. And I, I just like to have fun. And I think that's uh, this last year, that's what I've been doing, just having fun and enjoying mm. it. Because uh, you never know, like injuries happen all the time and this can be over and COVID happened. And that's when I realized like, I have to have fun. I have to enjoy it. I have to make the best out of it because if I want to live out for wrestling, I can't do it in the ring for forever. I mean, you I don't know how you do it. I see you and I'm like, Jesus Christ, he's still <laughs> wrestling and he still looks good, you know, but I don't I don't see myself wrestling uh, after I'm like 40. Like mm -hmm. I, I want to like chill and and do other stuff, maybe have my my own company with women and, and you know do it that way which i do have yeah oh, oh wow yeah yeah i do have well, there's a lot to, to talk about here but uh <laughs> but let's just go back about how did you get into into the business in the first place mm, i was a social worker and i was like very depressed very depressed like it was a very depressing job so we found indie wrestling and my husband is a big big uh, wrestling fan um, and he took me to the indie shows and it was, it was just like fun, stupid. We were like in, yeah. o in, the Oakland in Oakland, in okay. Hood Slam. I used to watch Hood Slam every, every first of the month. Mm -hmm. And then from there we went to a APW and Hayward. And that's when I was like, Oh crap. Like this is real wrestling. Damn. Like these guys are good. And, uh, there was a tryout and my husband was like, you should try it. And I'm like, dude, I never done sports in my life. Like you're crazy. And he's like, no, 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 just go and ask for the day off and see what happens. And I remember doing the tryout and being in so much pain and bumping, which I didn't know how to bump. And after that, I got fourth place on the, on the place. If you won, you could get like a scholarship, but I didn't get it. So I went back and I was like, I think I'm going to start training like in the gym first. I'm going to get in shape and then I'm going to try it again. Mm -hmm. And that's what I did. And I was kind of heavy at that time. We both lost a lot of weight together. And then I got, I signed up. I, I pay up front because he was supposed to go to university and we got a bunch of scholarships. So I used the scholarship money to pay for wrestling, wrestling school. school. <laughs> Which what school was it? APW. So it's funny, I spent some, well, a very short time in Hayward. Uh, it was called Bay Area Wrestling. And it was run by a guy called Woody Farmer. And Shane Croft was his son. This is years and years and years ago. So I know the Hayward area. Yeah. So Ray, uh, Roland Alexander was the one who was running the school. Okay. Yeah. yeah yes. The famous Roland Alexander. Yeah. Beyond he the mat. passed away, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, that's what happened. He passed away and I lost all my money. How? Well, because he didn't have anything. He died and oh, the, so school, he went the, the school closed. He used the money for his own stuff and there was nothing. for No me. refunds? No, nothing, nothing. Wow. And so no one else took over the school? No. Really? No. I'm surprised that someone didn't try and... Yeah, I remember we were on moaning after they removed his body from, from, from the apartment and there was like a bunch of us. And I didn't want to ask that question, but I had to ask that question because it was, you know, that was my future. That was something else that I, I, I invested money in. And, and I said, so what's going to happen to the school? Nothing. It's gone. I'm sorry, guys. There's no money. And I was like, what? How much had you paid? Like $3,000. Yeah. Wow. 
Yeah. So, but you and you weren't ready to start going out and working on your own at that point, or no, no. I mean, that was like I was just about to start like training, you know. Oh man! And I waited a whole a whole semester to start because I was not in shape mm-hmm. at all, like not cardio, nothing. And I wanted to be ready to get in in, in the ring because I I always have a mentality that I have to outwork everybody. Because I'm, I'm wrestling with men. I'm not, I wasn't wrestling with right, men. Right, especially you know? at that point in time. Yeah, and I didn't want uh, guys to be like, well, you know, she's a girl. She doesn't have no stamina, nothing. No, I wanted to, like, show show them off, and that's what happened. So one of the – I went to Hood Slam, trained there for a little bit, but I didn't feel like it was the right fit. And then I went to APW uh, Gold Rush Boot Camp, which uh, Sparky Valor used to – he opened his school in Pacific. Ballard Brothers? Not the Ballard Brothers. The Ballard Brothers in, are in L.A. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I used to train with them, like, later on. Gotcha. Uh, but they opened the school with former students from APW, and there were Matt Carlos and Dylan Drake were my original trainers. So I was going there four times a week after work, and, oh, man, that was it was very challenging. But I was ready. I I was always ready. I was the one I, I, I run everybody. Push-ups, I will do more push-ups than all the guys. Uh, I was uh, never, never crying, never, because I was like, <laughs> Because my husband was used, used to come with me, and he will just see me crying, and he looked at me, and he's like, don't you f- cry in front of all these guys. If you're in pain, cry at the house. Here you show that you're better than everybody mm-hmm. because you're a woman, and they're mm-hmm. going to treat you like crap. Just get that in your head. Mm-hmm. So like that really helped me to like get that mindset that I have to make sure they treat me equal, e- equally, no matter because of my sex. Like, it has to be equal. And that's how we treat the other girls that I work with now, and I tell them, like, you have to gain respect because... I mean, think about it. This business is male-dominated. Males make the decisions. They make the decisions of what you are going to do. But you have to show them that you don't have to be a bitch, but you have to show them your hard work, that you deserve whatever you need, you need to get. You know? The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. So what was kind of your first break in, in, in working? Um, it was by luck. Uh, it was in Oroville, California. My back was shut. Like, I didn't want to go. And they were like, no, you got to go. My husband again dragged me out of my house. Now you got to go. Don't be lazy. You're always doing that. You're always hurt, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, I am hurt because I'm training. So I went there and they're like, oh, the girl that was supposed to wrestle, uh, she is hurt. Uh, can you can you wrestle? I was like, yeah, I've been training for 10 months. Of course I can wrestle. <laughs> That's what I said. But it was a squash match. Uh, it was like five minutes. My my gear was horrible, of course. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, As it should be. <laughs> but it, it was really fun because... I still have pictures from from that night, and there's one fan specifically. He always, he has a picture, his profile pictures, ever since I started wrestling. So after this uh, came out that I was in AEW, he's been posting that like, remember the first time you wrestled? I was like, yeah. <laughs> so that was it. Uh, and then from there on, I had uh, about ten matches, and then I went to Japan. So was that was, was the Stardom that you were there with? Yes. And um, did you live there? Three months, yes. Oh, wow. So tell us about that. How was that? Oh, man, that was tough. It was the first time I left the country, America or Mexico. Really? Yes. First time you'd ever been out of out of the country? No, 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 no. It was, it was incredible. It was like, it was such a culture shock because you come with a mentality of how things are in America or Mexico. Mm-hmm. And then you go there and then you start seeing things and I'm like, and you, when you don't know, you start being judgmental. 
So one of the things for me was like how they treat women. Oh yeah. Yeah, and I was like, man. I, so how how were they treating women? Yeah, because you know women have to be very polite and they have to be a certain way. They have to dress a certain way. They have to be very cute, you know, kawaii. And I was just like, I am not nothing like that. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so it was it was hard for me to like formulate why I should not be judgmental of their culture. You know, uh, not until my second tour that, that I came with a more of an open mind. And I said, oh, this is very, you know, I'm very Americanized. So I should not be judging them on how to treat women. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're behind, of course, but that's their culture. But once again, like you said, that's their culture. You know, as, as yeah. long as they're not treating you like that, there's really nothing more you can do. Yeah. And you know what? I think also that experience showed me like firsthand being a woman of color and not having, you know, the attributes that. I saw on the stars that were from America, like big boobs, blonde hair, that I wasn't gonna be pushed. Mm-hmm. That I came, I came there to do the job, and that was it. Because in, in Japan, yes. Oh wow. Yes. So I was like, all right, I see this. Okay, I'm gonna work even harder to like make a name for myself, and that's what you know it drove me insane. After, after there, uh, after I was there for a month, I got a concussion and I didn't work for a month. So I didn't get paid. So you know, you work and you get paid. If not, you don't. So I was like struggling. Wow. Yeah. And then I came. They, even though they brought you over, they weren't paying you. No, because if you don't work, you don't get paid. Oh wow! So there's no like even there's no guarantee that you're mm-hmm. gonna work, but just come over and live here. Pretty much, they give you a couple dates, but if you can't make the dates, you don't get paid. It's like you know mm. having yeah. It was that's strange. Well, that's yeah. that's women's wrestling yeah, yeah, yeah. in Japan. Who, who else was there um, uh, that you mentioned? This Nikki Cross uh-huh. that is in WWE. Uh, Chelsea, she's not wrestling. Chelsea Diamond that is not wrestling anymore. Uh, she, was, she was like the blonde girl from was she from Florida or something. Yes, I remember and her. then she was a big star. Everybody loved her. Really? Yeah, she was a like cute kind of a girl next door type look. Yeah, she was like nineteen. Yeah. So all the guys were like, "Oh, shit is she? Shit is she? Shit is she?" I always just remember that. Like, what what do they say? Shit is she? Shit is she? You know, because they can't they can't say the L. Shit is she? Shit is she? Shit And she was super popular. And then uh, Starfire, she's a Mexican wrestler. Mass Those wrestler. were the girls that were there because we went. How did that even work? We went and sang karaoke, like no, Woods. Cheerleader we, Melissa ended up being there for like ten days, right? And then she was like, "Hey, you guys want to hang out?" And I was like, "Sure." And then we she was up, friends with Woods, yes. And that's so we went to the karaoke place, yes. And it got it, it was yeah. really fun. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> no, that's interesting. So, so that was the crew that you were with for mm-hmm. like three, three months. months. Wow. And Chris Wolf, I don't know if you remember Chris Wolf. I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's retired too now. Right? Yeah, she's yeah, retired yeah. too. So, what would you do there if, if you weren't working for three months? Like, I don't remember being. Uh, actually, I used to go out, out a lot, like uh, to the parks and like anywhere that I can not be in the apartment because I was I, I get bored. Mm-hmm. So I did a lot of that, and then. Um, I made a lot of friends, so they won't invite me out, and I didn't have to pay for anything. So it was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so. That's how I survived for like a month and a half, and um, the last month I worked and and everything worked out, and I make sure that by the time I was coming back to America, like my name was hot, and I was just working in just like crazy, mm. you know. Um, make, Does that give you a lot of steam if you if you work in stardom? Does that have a lot of name? Oh yeah, yeah. Name it, value here in the states? Yeah, it it did definitely did, but I think you have to make your your name value because I could have gone there and like completely like disappeared. Yeah, right. But I was like, ah, I was in stardom. Oh my god, this and this and that and that, you know. And then like keep working with them, and then. They brought the stardom show to America, and that's when I got uh, scouted by Lucha Underground Mm. in one of those shows. They had a stardom tour of America? Just in L.A. Gotcha. A show. Yeah. They had three shows. And I remember 
when they had the shows, I was driving to LA passing off flyers for the show, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, I wanted fans to come and see me. Right. Because I wanted to show the, uh, the booker that I can actually sell tickets and I can put, t- uh, you know, sit right. on, on, uh, there. So I can also be a star on my own way. <laughs> so uh, I did a lot of that. And um, the last show, I think I brought like 45 people to the show. <laughs> yeah, so if there's a crowd of you know like 250 people, yeah. 300, that's no, it was like 300 people, or something that's like, like that. You know, 20 percent of the audience. Yeah, so I mean, I worked my ass off to do that, and then I just kept doing that, and you know, then Lucha Underground happened. I, I rest under the hood as Cora Moon, and that's when I like I learned that uh, when they give you opportunities like that for TV, you got you got to perform. Mm. You just have to. Like it doesn't matter how green, how inexperienced you are. You have to, and if you don't have the skills, you better than learning because they're gonna they're gonna fire and fi- and fire you and find somebody else that is better than you. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, working with so many veterans. I mean, I was working like with Rey Mysterio, man. Like that's from one. I like the Guerreros. Um, who else was there? There's a bunch of people. Ricochet. Um, pretty pretty big roster for a while. Very talented roster. Man, it was amazing. I mean, I will just be on the apron looking at the guys putting their matches together. And I'm like, man, this is pretty dope. Like, mm-hmm. I'm actually learning from the best of the best, you know. And um, I'll ask questions to everybody. I will, like, ask the luchadors from AAA to teach me stuff, you know. And, and that's how I started learning. And a lot of the times, like, I will come early and then and I train with the Ballards and I train with the uh, Santino brothers, with the Lucha brothers. So I can uh, I can learn the style so I can perform better and, and Lucha on around. And he taught me, like I said, he taught me so much. He taught me about cameras. He taught me about how to cut promos, how to do, like, vignettes how to be confident even when you have no no skills whatsoever Mm -hmm. you know so it was it was really good and what was your name there cobra moon cobra moon that was under a mask yes because the idea of lucha underground it was kind of not cinematic but it was it was a it was a television show like a tv series no but it was very cinematic though yeah cinematic as well yeah yes because you will have your uh vignette and that will link into the match hmm you know, so that's why that's why I was so used to that because we have our producers and we have the writers. Okay, this is the story we're trying to tell. This is the match that is gonna f- follow. You know, after, and it was like super extra, super out of like out of this world. Like a lot of the guys I was talking to Pentagon and in Phoenix, and I was like, "You guys remember all the stuff that you guys used to do when you were in Lucha Underground?" I was like, "Yeah," dude. I was like, everybody was like uh, trying to outwork each other. It was mm. like such a like competitive place to work, and I think that really made me like be more competitive and be better and like just really get to a point in where if I wasn't ready I need to be ready because all these guys I mean they've been wrestling 15 20 years they, mm. they're stars in their own countries and then they come here and I'm just like hi guys I've only been wrestling for a year and a half hi <laughs> you know yeah. and I have a big pretty a pretty big story so yeah I just learned so much it was it was a lot of fun when you guys did a match would they like edit the matches or, or yes. like to be more yes fight scene worthy or? um well the matches were edited. I mean, if you mess up, like they will of course. take the messed ups. But usually, there were not a lot of botches in there. Mm-hmm. Like the guys went all out and they made it work. They, what they edited was like they put so much tan on it. Like we look so tan, so dark. He looks so dark, <laughs> you know. But um, other than that, the cinematic parts we practiced all our fighting scenes. We had fighting scenes on oh, the cinematic wow. thing. It was really cool. Did they have like stuntmen to teach you? Or yes. Fight yes. Choreographers. Yes. Really? Yes. Yeah, it was really. So cool. had a real kind of Hollywood yes. element to oh, it. Oh yeah, everything, everything. Mm. The sets we had. I had my own set. I had a a throne. They made a throne and they carve it and everything. Oh my god, it was like one of the coolest things ever. Then my my dress when I was dressed as a queen, it was like out of like this world. And what I had was, a, what was Cobra Moon's gimmick i was a snake oh okay gotcha. i was a snake i was like slithering in the and there and i always like getting on the ropes and doing a bunch of ridiculous stuff 
and um, it was a lot of slithering, a lot of submissions. That's what they wanted me to do. A lot of people are like, oh, that was so stupid. But just a gimmick, you know? It's like, well, that kind of was the idea of the place. Everybody had a character. Yeah. Outlandish, you know, yes. kind of personality or whatever yeah. it may be. So what were some of the stories that you had in Lucha Underground? <laughs> Tell us some, because I know there's some pretty out- what? Out- outlandish. I don't know. I remember, like, good stories that I remember when uh, Ricochet and uh, Rey Mysterio had their match. Like, I remember literally after the match, everybody in the back was, like, crying. Wow. <laughs> That's like, it was perfect. It was perfection. You know, <laughs> it was the yeah. funniest what a, stuff. What a, what a, you know, historical classic dream match that is. Yes. And it was so good. And then like uh, other ones. Oh, man. When we had to like tape until like one or two in the morning, like the, the fighting scenes. Like there was one, my first one. I remember the stunt guy was like, can you please kick, can you please not kick me in the chin so hard? Because I didn't know how to do stunts. And mm. I didn't know like people go super light. I was kicking the crap out of him. And he was so mad about it. He was like, can you stop doing that, please? I was like, I'm sorry. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, but um, what else? Because they had a lot of intergender oh, wrestling. Yes, 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 yes. I remember there was some like, man, they used to do some crazy stuff too. Like, oh, I remember one time Jack Evans broke his jaw, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, in one yeah. of the matches. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he might have broke his jaw again now, apparently. <laughs> no, he's crazy. Like everybody was like I said, Everybody was absolutely crazy. Um, I mean, there was also like sometimes there was drama in the back, and I always happened to be there when the drama was there. Gee. And uh, some people used to get in fights in there. You know, it's just like, oh my god, you guys need to like. But was it kind of like a like a crazy kind of contract where you were signed up for like nine years or something? <sighs> it was. We were signed for five uh, five years or seven seasons. Wow. All of us, pretty much all of us, and then um, we had to get out of our contract. Because at first they wouldn't let anybody out. No, but there was then they. Well, what were they going to do with us? They mm-hmm. didn't have anything for us. So mm-hmm. a lot of us, I think it was like five of us, went to the class. La, cla, what is it? Action lawsuit. Oh yeah, case, uh, class action lawsuit. Class yeah. action lawsuit. Yeah, and then that's how I got out of my contract. So did you ever? Um, did you ever work in, in Mexico? One time. One time. No, I'm lying. After Japan, I flew myself to Mexico and I worked in the Indies with a, with a female promotion, which I will tell you that really humbled me like big time. In what way? The women that wrestle in Mexico, they're not like here and where like you grab, you grab the car and then you go with your friends. Like we had to take Metro, then the Metro, we had to take a bus. And then after the bus, we had to take another bus. Then we'll wrestle in this big arena that only 10 people were there because they don't respect women's wrestling out there. Mm. And then some of us got paid. Some of the girls got paid a dollar, a torta, and a soda. Wow. And they have to come back and do it again. And they have kids. They have jobs. You know, it's it's insane. Like, that sacrifices that women do in Mexico and just to wrestle, it's it's incredible. And, and again, the quality there, It's if we complain about quality here and speak out, well, if the women in Mexico mm. speak out, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's over. Story, right? yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I'm surprised that you never went to like a AAA or a CML. I asked, but um, you know, that's like the only time that I actually ask is like, hey, when are you guys gonna bring me for AAA? And oh yeah, yeah, soon, soon, soon. And I always hear that soon, you know. Mm-hmm. I never asked for CMLL, which that's one of my uh, one of the things that I want to do before I, I retired. I want to wrestle in Arena Mexico. So, but you're obviously you're Mexican. Yeah. Did you grow up in? The yeah, States? I grew. Up, I was born and raised in Tijuana. Gotcha. Yeah. So I came here when I was 17. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Did you ever wrestle in Tijuana? One time. Yeah. One time. All my family was there. It was like the funny thing. And then we went, ate tacos, and I got really sick. You got sick? Oh, my God. Yes. Horrible. Oh, Horribly from sick. tacos? Yes. <laughs> there were pork tacos, and they were not cooked correctly. So I got really, really sick. 
Did you ever uh, have any uh, uh, tryouts or anything with WWE? No. Um, the only time that I was going to get a tryout, I asked one of my friends. I was. This is when, like, I was transitioning from uh, um, Lucha Underground. Like, I didn't really feel like I was doing anything. I was getting tired of just, like, doing indies and just, like, grinding. Because it, it gets tiring. Very, very tiring. Indie work? Yeah. Because you have to, like, constantly be traveling. Like, some of the matches don't make sense. And you're doing it because, you know, that's how you make a living. Mm-hmm. And I called one of my referee friends. I was like, hey, dude, honestly, like, are they hiring, like, refs? Like, I don't ref. I don't care. I just need a job, man. And then he was like, yeah, let me ask. And then he asked. I was contacted. They told me how much they paid. And they were like, we're going to send you the information. Here's, like, your stuff. They sent me the flight and everything. Then Dorian, the hurricane Dorian happened. My stuff started getting, you know, backed up. Back then, I was already toying with the idea of doing MMA. Combat Americas contacted me. And I started training in June. By the time WWE called me, it was... Very uh, la, last week of August, and Combate Americas were like, "You need to sign the contract now because we need to start announcing that you're on a fight." And I'm like, Ugh. and then I was like, "Okay, I don't know what to do." And then that started happening, and I was like, "Maybe this is a sign that I probably should not go to WWE for referee," mm. you know. So I was like, I I told them that I was not interested anymore. That thank you for the opportunity. I signed the contract with Combate Americas for my first MMA fight, and then NWA called me like two days after. And they're like, you want to be in here? I was like, sure, why not? You know? So tell us about, about MMA. So what kind of training did you have to do? What kind of training? How'd the fight go? And <laughs> uh, so I thought it was going to be a great transition since I already do pro wrestling. It did not work out that way? <laughs> no. <laughs> they humbled me. The first week, uh, I was in a Brazilian top team in San Antonio. Uh, they're like, okay, so we're going to put you in the cage. Uh, we do this thing called chart tank. You'll be fine. Just don't give up. And I was like, all right, cool. First thing, some big dude comes and double leg take, takes me down. Boom, it's fucking, and it just starts wailing on me. Bam, bam, bam. I'm like, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Then 30 seconds, another girl comes, gets on top of me, starts wailing on me too, like putting me on chokeholds. And I'm like, I can't breathe. And they're like, no, this is it. Like, keep going. You got five more minutes. And I'm like, literally five minutes of getting my ass handed to me. And what's the mindset behind that? Because they want to see if you want it or not. Uh. They want to see that. If you're going to get into a fight, this is exactly how you're going to feel when you're tired. This mm. is exactly the feeling that you have to fight in order to win, you know? And it was pretty crazy. I just remember having this girl and her butt was on my chest. Mm-hmm. And she was trying to put me on a triangle choke. And I'm like, holy, I just, I'm going to tap out. And I, you tap out and they get, you get you up and, and, and they don't care. They keep going. They take you down again. And it's just like, they just want to see also where you're at in terms of like right. your skills. If you can defend, if... And also if you have, you know, the heart mm-hmm. to, to do this because fighting is not, it's not for everybody. You have to be built in a certain way and you have to have a mindset that, you know, that you are there to kill somebody, you mm-hmm. know. And um, so that happened. And I was, for this fight, I was already, I had bookings the whole entire time, you know. So bear in mind, I never had any striking experience. I was a white belt, mm. a white belt on, on jiu-jitsu like, yeah yeah i've been doing jiu-jitsu for maybe like two and a half years on and off so my i mean i'm you know because of wrestling i know how to do certain stuff but i mean technically wise i wasn't very good so it was an eye-opening experience like i was getting my ass handed all the time and then the weight cut it was rough because i was traveling a lot and you know when you get in the plane like you blo- you get bloated and mm-hmm. stuff like it was rough like i remember when we were at Fight Camp, Fight Camp, it was September. I have to work for WOW in Los Angeles. And it was like a whole week. I had that week, I had 12 matches. Wow. And I had to come back and train 
and I was my back was shut. Like I remember training, doing jujitsu, getting out of the class, like crying because I couldn't move. I just couldn't move. And um, the last three weeks, it was like drilling and drilling and drilling and like constantly like being put in very uncomfortable positions. Like, you know, just learning how to like, just learning how to strike, learning how to move. And and um, my opponent was pretty tall. She was like an Amazon, like I'm like this and she was like that, mm. like six inches taller than me. Her range was like seven inches longer. I had no clue how to cut angles. I had no clue about nothing. Wow. I just like really like, seriously just got in there. And I was like. She ain't gonna knock me out. She ain't gonna make me tap out. We're gonna go the distance. And that's what happened. And um, on the second round, first round, she dominated. Second round, I was going, I felt more comfortable. The last part of the second round, she took, the, that was the only time she took me down. And she was a purple belt. She's been doing it for six years, hmm. you know? And she put me down. She put me in, um, what was it? She had me in a really bad position. She was on top of me, and she gave me an elbow, and she cut my face, and I just started like bleeding like mm. crazy. And I got up, and I, re I that's the only thing I can tell you I can remember pretty well. I got up after the bell ring, and um, and just saw red, and everybody, I just heard like <gasps> because of blood, you mm. know. And um, I sit down, and then my coaches were like, "Wow!" And they're like, "Why am I doing well?" I wasn't even tired either. I was like, "Am I doing well?" And they're like, "We didn't know you were gonna be like." such a dog like you just don't care i was like no and my my husband my family all my fans are here i cannot get beat up you know like other people like wrestlers have tried it and they get like destroyed on the first round oh yeah you know and it's a different type of cardio completely no man it's it's yeah. i was doing like an hour of cardio every day mm -hmm. um then conditioning class i was doing jujitsu i was doing striking and some of the days i will do three hours in the, in the evening two hours in, in the morning you know, barely sleeping, doing all the wrestling that I was doing. It was insane. I don't even know how I made <laughs> three rounds, but the last round, that's what I, I think that's the one that I enjoy the most because I feel more comfortable. You do you, know? did you, do you feel that you were like um, ready for this first fight? Like, were you trained enough to, so that's kind of weird that they would even put you in that position. You sell tickets. Uh, you have a name. Gotcha. You know, I just, let's be honest. Like a lot of the people. When they want to do crossovers, like the the promoters, they they see money. You know, mm -hmm. they don't they don't care. That's all they care about is yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah you know, yeah. you you sell them tickets. You know, right. and um and that's what I did. Mm -hmm. But I also gave a show. I wasn't gonna go and get my ass beat. You know, mm -hmm. uh, although it kind of looked like that because you know I didn't land it as many shots as I should have because I wasn't feeling comfortable. I didn't, or I didn't know how to like do certain stuff. But you know, now I know, and now I've been training a lot more because I want my striking to get better. I want my jujitsu to get better. You know, but on top of that, I have all my responsibilities and my job is as a professional wrestler, mm -hmm. you know, so I have to like leave the training sometimes and focus on on my job, you know, because this is what is bringing money to the table. You know, once the, the fights are announced again, because they stopped the fights because of the COVID. Right. You know, that's when I'm going to start getting like super so serious again. So you want to do yes. more? Well, I am contracted to do three more. Gotcha. Yeah. So, so you got a good payoff at least to do to do it? Listen, so, so, it would have been better if I would have won. But yeah, yeah. So that's how it works. If you win, you actually get more money. You get, yeah, you get yeah. double. So, but I, definitely sponsorships are where the money's at. Mm. Uh, that's where, that's where I'm pretty good at <laughs> sponsorships. Hustling the sponsors, getting Hell the sponsors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. People were v definitely into it. So, and and they got what what they wanted. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Tell us about, uh, about the NWA. It's kind of an interesting way they do things. Very smart, unique. Yes, I really enjoy the NWA. It's, it's very different than like all the companies that I worked before uh, because of the style of wrestling that we do. It's very old school. Like the the set was, I remember like stepping in there the first time and I was like, wow, this looks so different. You know, I've done studio wrestling, but it's, it's like a studio, like old school yes, studio. Yes. Yeah. And the story, the stories that we're trying to tell, matches are really short, uh, but they go to a point like people are, they're easily understandable. And, um, I don't know. I just like I really enjoy it, and even watching it and on on YouTube and like the transitions and the editing was really old school. And um, definitely, we had a really good steam going going into like 2020, and then you know COVID happened, and it's kind of right. like. <laughs> and Billy's got a lot of passion too for for the business, so yes. you know, he, he wasn't going to give up until he came up with something that he you know was making sense to him and something regular. Yeah, and you said it absolutely right. He's very particular about what his vision and how he wants to see the product because he doesn't want to have an indie show. He wants something that it's it's he has like market value. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, he's a musician. He's done so many shows, and he wants them a certain way because that's his. You know, has his last name. You know, right? Sure, of course. And is representing him too. So, yeah, he's been very kind uh, to me, and um, and you know, he's the one who. Who uh, talked to Tony Khan and to allow this to happen? Yes. Yeah. Who do you work with at NWA? As far as like, like women, the other the other, other women, that are uh, there, yeah. Allison K, Marty Bell. We had Melina there, Ashley Box, uh, Camille. Who else? Uh, some of the girls are now some other places. Uh, hmm. Tasha Steele, she's now in TNA or Impact. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? Our roster was really small, so yeah. Who did you win the title from? Allison K. Okay. The twenty that, minute match. Was that? 20 minute match all right yeah was it uh, a classic for you did it go yes yeah. it was and that's like another one ass beat like i earn it like it was <laughs> i finished and i could not move i was like holy shit my back hurts um but it was is one of those things like i actually um watched it like a couple of days ago and i like i at the end of the match i was like i'm crying because i'm like i remember like the feeling of like accomplishment that i that i had at like having the title in my hands like it's such a historical title you know and um like the women that have been before me and that have you know paved the the path for us and like knowing and learning the history not only just going on, on wikipedia and reading it like actually reading mm-hmm. books and doing more research it's just like wow like there's a lot more work to do in women's wrestling and in every single aspect because again even then in, from 1930s when mildred burke it was dominated by her husband Mm-hmm. He was the one running Billy the show. Billy Wolf, maybe. Or yes, something? Yeah, yeah. he was the one running the show. You know, and right. um, and you don't want to know the speaking out stories about <laughs> Billy Wolf. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they had they had a deal. You know, like she knows mm-hmm. what she was he was doing, and she was doing her thing too. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it, 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 you know, it was a time, but I think it's it's 2020, and I'm very opinionated about that, and I've been very outspoken about that. But um. But now it's, it's just my generation. I'm representing, you know, a lineage of like very strong-minded female wrestlers that were before me, and I want to like represent with being positive, being a positive role model, and um, and just just to show what women's wrestling is all about, you mm-hmm. know. Well, I mean, that's the thing. It's it's cool that you respect the history of that um, because it goes back, like you said, almost a hundred years at this point. So. 
yeah. I think that's pretty. Uh, it's, it's a pretty big deal. It is a big deal. I mean, you know, you get titles and you're like, yeah, it's just a title. Like this is not just a title. Like this, this title, like my name is in there. I am there for the for his, the history of wrestling. Mm-hmm. Like Endo is old as hell. You know, it's like, and my name is gonna be there forever. Right. Even if I was the champion only one day, my name is still there. But. I've been blessed that I still the champion, <laughs> no. <laughs> but I want people to remember me. Like, oh, she used this platform to like uh, elevate women's wrestling in her era. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why uh, we re- after the speaker we revamp. We he used to have a small promotion in Texas. My husband and I and a friend called Mission Pro Wrestling and revamp it. And what we're doing now is we're running a, a show that is run by women. Ninety nine percent of it is women in production, camera, ring announcers, commentators, oh, wow. everything. What's and it called? Mission? Mission Pro Wrestling, Mission yes. Wrestling, yeah. uh, and um, and we also, like a lot of people don't like this, we created another area of Mission Pro Wrestling and we do custom matches, which people are like, oh, well, yeah, that's very sexualized. I was like, well, we need to pay for the show, you know? Mm-hmm. And we're creating jobs. Believe it or not, a lot of the girls and guys get paid more money doing customs than doing regular shows. Now let's explain what customs are. So customs are is like technically a fan. They have a, they want to book a, a, a match, and we have a lineup, and they, they're like the bookers of the match. Mm-hmm. So they give us a script. Uh, our, our talent follows the script, and they get the video. The headlock, do a the hip yeah, toss or whatever. Yes, yeah. So it's very simple. Um, it's been done for years, you know, and uh, we respect our talent. We don't do anything that the talent doesn't feel comfortable with, and we, it's mostly pro wrestling style. Like, we don't do uh, – there's a lot of, like, fetish, and there's a lot of other stuff that we can get into for another for another day <laughs> they do um they do uh, uh the, the people that get these they want you to work somebody's foot or something like yeah, that yeah that, yeah that yeah, yeah. the hair the hand like the back so like, that's where the sexual connotation yes comes in, yeah, right? yeah, yeah yes but uh but we don't like i said we make sure that our our, our staff and our talent feel comfortable and mm. it's intergender and it's also like just female so yeah. So that's that's interesting. So because I I actually know um, there was a girl that lives across the street from one of my best friends, and in her garage she would do customs with Lex, Lexi Fife, I think. Her name yeah, was. Lexi yeah. in She's, Tampa she would. Yeah, do her and she she helped so many girls. Like I said, when they were coming from other countries, they will they will get work with her, you know, mm. and they will make you know a pretty good pretty good buck, yeah. you know, and they will go home and they didn't have to work regular jobs. So I mean, having producers like her, you really help us, you know, to get to a level that we want to get because a lot of us don't want to have a regular job because that will, you know, be not good for what you're trying to do. I mean, if I want to, if I'm trying to train and I'm trying to do this and I want to travel and I want to have a flexible schedule, you have to do what you have to do, right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, well, now things are different. So you can have your Patreon, you can have your OnlyFans. I mean, there's a lot of other sources of revenue that you can create and you can, you know, continue to work on your dream job, you know, Mm -hmm. so... It's interesting. Like uh, to, to me, like it would seem really hard to follow a whole script for a custom. Like every single move. It's easy. Is it's it? Easy. Yeah. Yes, it's super easy. Like we make it as easy as possible. We have a board. When we know the girls are not very good at doing that, we like have the board there. Like they see the, <laughs> their move and they do the move. And I know. So another thing that I tell the girls or the guys, this is a perfect place to come and learn how to sell. So I think people don't know how to sell. And some mm-hmm. of the stuff is just beat up. So you're just getting beat up. You just got to sell, you know? Mm-hmm. So I learned a lot on selling, doing do, doing this stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, I enjoy it. I mean, now I'm a producer, you know, we produce and, and edit and everything ourselves. So, I mean, it's 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 a good business. And um, again, I, I want to help my, my girls in, in the state of Texas and the girls that come um, 
for my shows so they can have extra money when they come, you know, because mm. it's, it's hard. Right now it's hard times, man. It's very hard times. A lot of people lost everything. I was going to say that in the COVID era, you know, we're all fortunate that we're here working yes. today. But you mentioned something uh, as far as being in the business. If you can't go work because there isn't a lot of shows how important is the Twitch and the Patreon and, and the My Only Fans and all that sort of thing? Is that something that you've been focusing on a lot too now? I honestly haven't done Patreon or OnlyFans. I was focusing a lot on YouTube. YouTube, because yeah. Because now it's monetized, but it took me forever. Mm. I am i haven't done my, my YouTube because I've been super busy. But um, I've done it for a minute. And you you can make really decent money by, you know, having it monetized and people like donate money and stuff. But it's not like a constant source of revenue. You have to keep going. You have to have different ones. And that's what I learned Um a long time ago like you have to have different sources of revenue in order to be successful in this business especially if you want to stay independent or if you want to do your own thing because once you sign a contract it's a lot harder to like do what you want to do unless you sit wow. and you put it on your contract you know because they some people are like you can't do this you can't do this yeah. you can do that but i feel that if they're not paying your bills and they're not offering you enough money you should be allowed to do it and you should make sure you ask for it and i think it took me years for me to understand and be vocal about it and certain stuff because you know it's at the end of the day is my body is my life and is is my legacy and is my future mm -hmm. you know yes i work for your company but i got screwed over with the lucha underground contract because i was so young and i didn't know what, what i was doing mm -hmm. you know so yeah i gotta be mindful when i sign other contracts did it hurt you i mean obviously it hurt, hurt all of us but did you lose like how, how often were you working pre-covid um i wasn't working much because i was with nwa so gotcha. I was, you know you're getting my paycheck but um are you under contract with nwa yes i am under contract go, yeah. but our contracts changed, you know, so we're not getting as much money as we used to. We now are encouraged to get more bookings outside of our, our way, but, you know. Because they're not working either. No. Yeah. So um, it hurt me, but thankfully, I am a pretty smart spender, so I don't spend a lot of money. So I had a lot of money saved up for any emergencies like this. and Like a pandemic? Pretty much. <laughs> and and again, I'm not alone, so my husband works, so it's, that mm -hmm. helps. And we haven't been hurting for money. And again, the pandemic helped me to really establish things that I wanted to work on, like the costume matches, uh, creating my, my website, starting my website too. Like the first month, I think I sold like almost $2,000 on my website. It's great. Yeah, you know, so it's like just the hustle was harder and like now I'm in hustle mode all the time. You know? Yeah, you have to be now more than ever. Yes. I would imagine too, your experience with doing the customs, it, it made it not as weird to uh, work in front of no people. Oh, no, that's easy. It's easy. That's that's what I'm saying is like people are like some people I feel like they get so close minded and they're like, oh, I'm trying to like, no, it's, that's weird. No, it's not like now everybody's doing it. When WWE started doing it, I was like, this is customs. This is exactly what we do in right. customs. Right. And like nobody's stripping. I don't see anybody saying anything. <laughs> so uh, but yeah, I, I, I guess it's like when there's a need, you just normalize things. Mm -hmm. You do what you have to do. Yeah. You know, like you said. Where did Thunder Rosa come from and, and, and the makeup, the half face? It came from Lucha Extreme. They put makeup on me because they wanted me to, like, reach out to, like, the Latino community. Then I didn't like it. Then I got the concussion in Japan. And my husband was like, you need to get over something. Just put your makeup on. What concussion did you have in Japan? Um, I had a match. It was a tag match. And I don't remember. I think I got hit in the head really hard. And, like, three days after, I just got really sick. I started feeling really, really sick. And then... Um, the general manager there talked to the promoter and she's like, you need to take her to the hospital. Like now, she is sick. He called the ambulance and when I got in the ambulance, I started throwing up and he was like, yeah, you got a concussion. Mm. So after the whole month uh, that I was out there, which uh, Kimura-san took care of me. Hana was my, my nurse, rest in peace. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, she was my nurse. 
She was. How, how was that for you when she? She was the sweetest thing ever. What a horrible story. Yes, it, it hurt me. Like at first when my my husband told me, "Hey, Hannah died," and I'm like, I feel so bad because one of my friends sent me a screenshot of the last tweet. Well, it was a one, one, not the last tweet, the one before her last tweet, and it was her cutting herself. Like her legs were cut, her wrists were cut. She like posted pictures of her. Yes. Oh wow. It was horrible. Like. I worked with people like that before. You said you were a social yeah, worker. Yeah, I was yeah. a social worker. And a lot of a lot of those girls committed suicide. Kids mm-hmm. committed suicide. So for me, when I saw that and I didn't send her an, an IG message or a tweet, I felt terrible when I heard that she died. Because mm-hmm. I felt, even if I said, hey, are you okay? You need to talk to anybody. I'm here. I didn't say anything. I feel really bad because she took care of me when I was like, literally, I could have died. Because mm-hmm. I was by myself. Because everybody went on tour. And she went and came, came and took care of me. You know, so... Uh, what was she like? Tell, tell us about her. Bubbly, happy. She was always happy. Very pretty girl. Super. Yeah. Beautiful. Like, last time I saw her, I was I was telling that to my tag team partner, Camille, or Holly Dad. I looked at her. We were on the uh, on the train, and I was like, I can't believe how beautiful she looks now. Like, she's just glowing and, and growing into a big star because that's who she was before she died. Like, she went to this Netflix show, and she, be, she blew up. Mm-hmm. And then all these ridiculous things happened. But yeah, it's it's really sad that she's no longer with us. Hmm. Do you have a favorite memory of of her? Things oh yeah, you... every time we were like, every time she'll be, we're traveling. We call each other if if somebody sees her, or whatever. We'll be like, hey, you want to send a message to such and such? Oh yeah, I'm hungry as. <laughs> she'll be cursing or dancing or it's just she was just funny. She mm. was so full of energy and and life and. I never, I never saw her in a bad mood either. Never, hmm. ever, ever, ever. Um, she was very honest and no filter. Hmm. She had no filter. It was <laughs> the funniest thing. She was young too, right? Yeah, when I met her, she was 15. And then she just passed away. She was like 20, 21. Oh, terrible. 21. It's, it's one of those uh, people I hadn't heard of, but now kind of doing some research. Like she was poised to be you know, the next big thing, whatever that means. You yeah, know? I mean, her mom really helped her on, you know, to like create that, star and then she just like with her persona with her charisma with everything else her like wrestling skills she became you know one of her own you know and, and what what happened with like, what, she was on a reality show she was on a reality show and um and a lot of the like, fans over there were like calling her a bunch of names and like literally trolling her for like a was she month painted as the heel on the reality show or something or? there was an instance and in what something happened and she she blew up like she she had a tantrum and, gotcha and then from there on like guys were got some of the guys were like nasty like really nasty telling her you should kill yourself you should do this da, 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 da. nobody wants you wow. like really really bad and then to the point where this is when the pandemic hit so mm. she was by herself and mm-hmm. her cat you mm. know and and i think uh that hurt her a lot and and she just went through it and she couldn't get out of her head yeah that's what happened and then the worst part is after this happened that guy that was trolling her made a youtube video celebrating celebrating her death it's disgusting. It's terrible. Yeah. I'm sure that guy will pay in one way or shape or form. Something will happen to him. Uh, well, I yeah. hope so. And yeah. and her mom has been like humongous advocate on trying to change, you know, the yeah, some of the loss. Media so, bullying. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Kimura has been uh, throughout her grief and throughout all this craziness. She's been trying to make a change. And I'm super proud of her because she's like, one of the strongest women I ever met in my life mm-hmm. from through and through. Like what she went through trying to be uh, a professional wrestler as a single mother in Japan to now going through this, you know, and trying to make a change after like this terrible incident happened, you know, to, uh, to her daughter. And, um, 
I just saw a post, like, uh, it was Hannah's birthday, I think, like, two days ago. So um, she's still trying, and I know she's she's going to continue trying to her last breath to change mm-hmm. things. Um, well, we got off the track with talking about Hannah. I'm glad that, that you, you gave us some information about her, but we were talking about, about your, the, the, the makeup that you wear. Well, it has to do with it. Okay, because, so <laughs> So this one, uh, I just did it because it looked good, and then I got over in, in Japan. Then when I came back to America, my uncle, who used to be a big wrestling fan, came to that show where I got uh, looked at with uh, Lucha Underground. And he asked me, so what do you, who's Santa Rosa? He asked me the same question. I was like, just giving him the generic answer. And he's like, no, I'm going to tell you the story. When I was eight years old, uh, I was in Tijuana uh, with your grandfather. We were watching wrestling because that's what we did every Friday. Your grandfather got a heart attack while watching wrestling. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was on his lap. I remember when he died. I never, ever watched wrestling again. Do you know what the Day of the Dead means, right? It's remembering people that were here, you know, and we remember in a happy way. This was meant to be. You were meant to be a wrestler because it was in your destiny, because of your ancestors, of what happened, because we used to love Lucha Libre. And now you're representing all of those who passed, and you're bringing them to life in the ring. Mm. That's who Thunder Rosa is. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's a good uh, backstory for you. Yes, and ever since then, like it's the Thunder Rosa is a, it's is a beacon of hope for for those that you know didn't make it. Like I worked with a lot of kids in group homes, and some of them got murdered by the police. Some of them committed suicide. Oh and gosh. before I started wrestling, I used to tell them about wrestling and how I was gonna become a star and how I'm like not, I was gonna let nothing stop me from doing that. Just to like encourage them that doesn't matter what problems you have or. What issues you're going through, you can still make it. And um, there's been occasions in where um, there was one kid that I want to mention, Oscar. I used to work with him and his family very closely, and he got murdered by the police. But um, when he was dying, he said that he was a warrior, and I'm a warrior. You know, I, I fight for those who didn't make it. Hmm. You know, that's a great, uh, a great motivation, great inspiration. Yeah, that's why I never give give up, Chris. Like mm. it doesn't matter how difficult things get, or how much shit I get, or politics, or like. You know, heartbreaks, I can't give up. If I give up, I'm giving up on everybody that believe in me. And I still do that. Still, to this day, some of the kids that I work with, they follow me on Instagram. They send me messages on how I continue to inspire them. Mm-hmm. Co-workers, um, people that I lived in Mexico, people that I haven't talked to in years, like people that they haven't really done anything. And I inspire them to like pick up the weights to go and walk to like change their lifestyle because they see me working and grinding so hard and they see the passion that I have for professional wrestling and just for life in general. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Last few questions. Um, obviously, you're excited about today and, and working this this match with Sheeta. Yes. Uh, have you had any, uh, have, you, have you worked with her before in Japan anywhere? No, I saw her in Japan perform multiple times and I've seen her, you know, on YouTube and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, uh, no, I have not. It's going to be exciting, though. I'm really looking forward to it. It is going to be exciting, and it's. I'm, I'm really excited. Um, I am. This is a culmination of uh, a lot of things that I've done. And this is the biggest uh, thing I've done in a in a while, and I know it won't be the last. I just get very emotional because once you grind, and once you like I said, you go through so many heartaches, and you go through so many things, and then you see this, and you see your face, and you see the. Like the last match on Wednesday and how people talk about it. I am very proud of all the work that I've done. I am very proud of all the sacrifices that me and my family have to go through to be here today. And, you know, if it's the last the last time, you know what? I enjoy every single moment 
coming to this, no matter what happened today. Mm-hmm. You know, I know I made all of those who have been with me from day one very, very proud. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm crying. It's no, I like, mean that's real emotion. It's yeah. actually, you know, it's 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 uh, inspirational and enlightening to see to see how us being here means so much to you. It means so much to all of us. Like like I said earlier, I'm so thankful that we have a job still yes. one but yes. two we are giving people who have lost their jobs or have nothing to do or l- losing their minds because they're locked yeah. down we're giving them a weekly beacon of light yeah like, oh my gosh th- uh, dynamite is coming up i'm so excited you know yeah i mean wrestling was my my my, my skate mm-hmm. when i was working when i had a regular job mm-hmm. it was the thing that i look the most forward every once a month you know mm-hmm. and and now people it's it's what i i do for for them too so it's man it's, it's super incredible and being a female and having that is not like because you know guys i was like you always talk about hulk hogan or the rock or you know steve austin is like oh thunder rosa i want to see thunder rosa right you know it's like yeah hell yeah man that's that's all about like i want people to see me as a as a wrestler not as a female wrestler as a freaking wrestler yeah, as a as a legit yeah. top drawing wrestler yes yes and i uh, just i'm gonna put myself over there was like the ratings were pretty high on our match. Yeah, they were. Yes, you did they good. Were. Yes. That's good that you know that. You should know that. For oh, sure. I know all about impressions. Uh, you know all that, man. Like I said, this is a business. It's, it's all about money mm-hmm. and about if you can put butts in the seat. If people are gonna buy the pay per view, if people are gonna tune in, mm-hmm. you know, I know all about that. I'm I'm a promoter too in a smaller scale. Mm-hmm. So when I see and I scout, I see talent. I see maybe I can work with her. Maybe we can do something, and she'll become a star. What's your goal for, for mission for your for your uh, I really do want to teach our female wrestlers, our wrestlers, the business aspect of it. And mm-hmm. I'm just not talking about, you know, sell tickets. I'm talking about how can you become your own independent contractor, like your own boss mm-hmm. and not having to work in a regular job and you can still make money. You know, I have a lot of friends that have done that, that now they have their own businesses and they're wrestlers and like what what was the steps that you took like perfect example medusa has been doing it for a long time somebody that i look up to and um and she has different like i said different sources of event and uh, revenue they don't really think about that you mm-hmm. know we don't we get stuck in like this mentality it was like a and b and that's it but there's a lot more to it and i mean i'm a perfect example of like what you can do to become successful and to be independent you know right last question for you what's your uh, favorite match that you've ever had Besides the one on Wednesday, mm. I will say um, definitely my match with Allison K. That's like one of my to win the title. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's interesting that you said besides the one on Wednesday. How important was that for you to to have a great match on Wednesday for so many different reasons? Well, you know, I I, I said it. I said it on the promo I cut the first time. I came here to put the women on notice in this company, mm. and that's what we did. Mm-hmm. We had one of the highest ratings in AEW history on the. In the women's, mm-hmm. we were blessed that we were able to have some time for this match. Get a lot of time. A lot of time. And people saw beyond our sex. They were like, oh, my God, this are like this was a competitive match mm-hmm. that they haven't seen that, you know. And and, and working with Serena again, again and, and feeding off her energy was absolutely great. And it was an honor to be with her because she's such a great, great worker, a great person. And we just vibe so well. Like, mm-hmm. I got out feeling really good about it yeah there's the things that i would have done better for myself right mm-hmm. but we're all critics about our work but at the end of the day my job was done i put the women's division on notice and now people are super excited about this match <laughs> which is 
the number one job I came here to do, That's you right. know, and we will continue to do that. And after today, I, I hope and I know all fans and everybody else. And even if they don't, they're going to be like, bring bring Thunder back to AEW, you know, when you come back. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> if the number is right, that's it. I will do, brother. Hey, brother. <laughs> that was awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you.